Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> Oh, hello. Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. You sound so relaxed today. I'm so happy about that tour show last night. Yes, this is the Anti-Slut Shaming oh, yeah. Podcast. I'm Corinne. <laughs> I'm Christina. Yes, we... We're on cloud nine, motherfuckers. We, are, we also have a uh, little bit messed up voices. Yeah. I was par- partially crippled when I, when I woke up. My like legs... What was crippled about? My yeah. whole body was sore. I also wear like very outrageous shoes that were and brand new. Jumped on a mini trampoline. Yeah, on then they had wooden heels, so that was a oh, lot. Oh, that blows. Well, you know, I just decided to break in a new pair of leather wooden heel boots. <laughs> the, the first night of your yeah, tour, I had literally had not put them on before I went to the stage. We both did some first because I was googling YouTube tutorials all day about crown crown braids. Braiding, yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna do one try, and that's what I'm gonna do. Right. Well, you're you're a talented braider. I felt like I was. I felt like thank you I felt like I had mm-hmm. my chops down So mm-hmm. I was like I can clearly watch this tutorial <laughs> And it worked out okay I think it looked good It was good I wanted to And then I wanted to wear a choker I just wanted to feel like um, Like a 90s you rom-com did. movie Yeah you had that vibe <laughs> You achieved it. it Guy If you're in New York City Holy shit I'm not trying to toot our I am trying to toot our horns This tour show is fucking magical It was good It was I, I didn't think I I don't know. I like couldn't sleep. Well, I, yeah. And also, I mean, I think it's super helpful uh, because it's so important that people who are listeners of the podcast come out, watch the show and give us feedback. Cause you know, I think we did a good job out of the gates, but we can do an even better job. We can always be better and let's drive in so hard and you could give us notes, (laughs) but yeah, it was a, it was a very good time sold out. Beautiful. Thank you to everyone at subculture. Yeah. Damn. The venue was dope. The audience was dope. We were dope. There was, I don't want to give anything away, but it was just so good. It was so good. We should sell out MSG. Anyway, um, read well. And I know it's a very intimate show. I'll say this, you guys, we laughed, we cried, we mainly laughed. We danced to, and we, and we, there were many trampolines. Okay. That's all you need to know. Um, Speaking of live shows, are you in Miami or do you know anybody near Miami? Because tomorrow night, Wendy Starling and I are bringing Glamour Puss to the Flamingo Theater. There are still some tickets left. We have a very special surprise guest that's going to be coming with us. You don't want to miss it. Get your tickets. The link for it is in this uh, description of this uh, episode. And then on Friday, May 13th at 11 p.m., Nacho Bitches is back mid-month at a New York Comedy Club with Blair Saki. Tickets are $10 with code NACHO. And then... Oh, remember when we were talking about that tour? Let's talk about it again. <laughs> it's Monday, May 23rd, okay? It's our second Guys We Fucked test tour date. It's at Subculture. Okay, doors are at 7, shows at 8. Uh, they're on sale now. It's all ages. If you're under 16, you got to bring a grown person with you. Mm-hmm. There were some 16 year olds there. Oh, there were. Yeah, because um, the owner was saying that we had they had to card everybody because there was a lot of underage people there. Oh. And I was like, that's great. I'm so glad that they got an opportunity to see. But us. if you're not underage, there is a full bar in full the bar. theater where you can be at the bar. And I noticed a lot of our listeners were doing that. Hell yeah, <laughs> at, at the a girls bar, and boys getting a drink, still looking at the show. And there's cup holders in the seats. It's oh, great. Yeah, there's Men- fucking yeah. Yeah. There's fucking cup holders in the seats. Like, yeah. This venue was made for us. It's magical. And it's, it was a green room that made me feel like a real person. Yeah. 
two sinks? Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. Who are we? Celine Dion and Gloria, Gloria Estefan? <laughs> yeah. Not, I didn't know what Gloria you were going for. Not I was like, Steinem. Gainer Estefan. <laughs> I was going to say Gloria Streisand. That's a combination between Barbara Streisand and Gloria Estefan. <laughs> Come on, baby. Okay. Uh, and then Saturday, May 28th uh, at 7.30 p.m. at Zinc Bar, Wendy and I are doing our another Glamour Push show. Artie Lang was our special guest at the last one. And uh, he was a little late to the show. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to do 10 minutes on stage. Just kill some time. Ended up doing 25 minutes of all new material. And it didn't totally suck. And then Artie comes into the venue and he's like, you got to go watch my Range Rover. It's parked around the block. Here's an envelope. Don't let it out of your sight. And I had to go in his car <laughs> and sit in his car because it was illegally parked. And then I had this giant envelope of cash, like thousands of dollars of cash. Is this an okay story to tell? I don't know. No, it was probably, <laughs> it had like a venue name on it. I didn't oh, know what it okay. was. Like, you know, after nacho bitches or something, you got some cash on you, right? Right, right, right. I mean, maybe it was for, um, you know, his yard sale money. Yeah. Because he likes yard sales. Does he know? maybe he strikes me as such okay anyway it was one of the funniest like i had to text steven i'm like hey can you come in Artie lang's range rover real quick so i can close out the show <laughs> it was fun never a dull moment at glamopus oh my goodness all right well hey, how you doing uh i'm great i'm very very exhausted but it's been a fun week um no i was just thinking it's uh because it's new I'm going through like a learning period because mm-hmm. I have been single for so long and was really enjoying it. Um, yeah, because you're like, oh, what do, wh- what's going on tonight? Oh, I just have to ask myself. Right, exactly. And then I answer it real quickly. Right. So, no, it's funny. Well, it was fun because James was uh, James was at the Guys We Fucked tour hidden in the back. And <laughs> did people spot him? I, people spotted like, him. Like super psycho fans did. Um, and then it, I was just getting text messages from uh, my best friend, Tommy, who was there, <laughs> who has a birthday on Wednesday. Happy happy birthday tommy and they were just texting both texting me about how attractive the other one was (laughs) and i know that was supposed to be a secret but since you both did it i'm just telling you it's so funny they were like just out attracting (laughs) i thought it was really really funny yeah i I, well steven has told me texted me about how attractive tommy is too that guy's like a freak fucking god i'm like yeah i know well he's an adonis you know so oh he's so soft tommy i just want to touch your baby soft skin all day oh boy sorry um and uh so that was funny and you know but then <laughs> so cute uh so we're in james the- looks so cute yeah james was wearing a little he vest. Was so handsome everyone was so handsome <laughs> so we were he's been like you know we've just been like telling each other stories about our lives and stuff and you know sharing past experiences or whatever and so I don't know just I was just I'm trying to teach James how to tell a story to a girlfriend because you know there's like there's a way to tell a story to your friend and then there's a way to tell a story to your significant other what's the main and those are different things so for example he was telling me this story about this girl that he used to hook up with and it was a great story I love a salacious tale oh yeah great funny wonderful I love when you're getting to know the guy and you hear about the hookup I love that totally great I love stories like that it tells me that you're a sexually explorative person he was telling me this time that he had um sex on the beach hope i'm allowed to share this i mean whatever it's not not secret i never had sex on the beach and yeah it was so cool and it was so hot and i was like this is great and then he was like yeah i'm still friends with that girl on facebook and i was like james that's leave the that party out. of the story that you leave out buddy 
that's the part that we don't want to know <laughs> when you're talking to your girlfriend you leave that part out especially when you've already told me her first name and it was like a semi-common first name so i was like now i have to go through every fucking person with this first name this could take me forever and then i have to compare which one i think it is one's probably gonna be really unattractive and then i mean question and then make me question myself and then one's gonna be super attractive and then that's also gonna make me question myself this is why i don't get things done you could not do it oh that's not gonna happen i could not do it but i'm now i'm dying to know it's just if that oh god well that's the thing like I, I totally get it and it's very much like well it's almost like you're it's a girl's knee-jerk reaction a lot of the time like if that was at the end of the story oh it, I'm still friends with her on whatever social media platform it's like god now you're giving me the fucking chore oh. of having to stalk this chick right and size her up real quick right to you just gave me homework I didn't <laughs> ask for that homework but I have to do it uh give him some homework I you know oh my god I will <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. The, uh, you know, it's the, the, um, well, Steven's never hooked up, but he has, he had a friend who, I don't know if I've talked about her on the podcast, the gothy model chick, the blonde. I don't want to say her name just in case. I, I'd love to have her on one day. Right. But like, Steven has like super hot female Oh, friends. I know who this is. Yeah. But like, I, she threatened me in a way, not her. She didn't do anything. She just existed. Yeah. She's very sweet girl. She did threatened nothing wrong. you in she your threatened own mind. My, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I turned into a goddamn bear. I was like, I, I was just such a, I was just so mean to her. I'm like, God damn it, Christina. I was so disappointed in myself. If you react, acted like that around, she wasn't even trying to hit on him or anything like that. Right. Even if she like, I, I don't even care, but I just like, you're this perfect looking skin skinny pale blonde like calendar girl right yeah i'm usually i'm usually pretty good about not being outwardly mean to people that i find to be more attractive than me but i've certainly let people get the best of me in that way and that hurts me more yeah <laughs> if i well, was mean to someone fuck him right right <laughs> well i it makes it makes me disappointed in myself yeah if a girl's more attractive than me a lot of times i'll be like i'm just like i can't stop staring at her mm-hmm. it's not it's not a threatening thing at all no but when it's sometimes it is i don't know why it is sometimes and why i feel like it's not well i don't know i feel like i bring a lot to the table and like i i know that my number one thing i'm bringing to the table is not my look so i'm uh, why would i ever try to like i think my right. looks are definitely my looks are fun there's right. Not a, there's not a problem with them. I don't think they weigh me down in any way. But that's not like my number one thing that you would be, yeah. you know, on Team Corinne for. So. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't know. It's just funny that animalistic instinct that women will have, and it's like it just boils up, and you're like, well, now I have to do this. Like, right. it's like you can't control it, and it does feel primal. It yeah. feels fucking primal. Yeah, for sure. It's so annoying. Yeah, it's like in Mean Girls when they turn in the scene when they turn into like the animals. And yeah, the, I feel oh, like Tina. that a lot. Oh, Tina, you're brilliant. <laughs> Tifa. So, did you end up looking her up? Uh, not actually. I didn't get to it. Yeah, I was. I was actually. That's how busy you've been. Yeah, I was at really busy. And I was like, and I was trying to just not be ridiculous. Plus, we were together all weekend, so I couldn't do it in front of him. Oh. <laughs> That's true, because stalking on Facebook when it's on your phone. Oh, you got no. You have to do that secretly. You gotta get on a computer. You can't see that about me. That makes me look. That makes me look bad. I'm. I'm now. I like. I don't know if you and James do this, but it 
it didn't take Stephen and I a while to get to this comfort point, but it just kind of naturally happened. Like I can talk about how hot I think dudes are in front of him and he can talk about how hot he thinks girls are in front. Like even like if they're right there. Oh yeah. And it's, but we just like, we perv on people together. It's awesome. Yeah. I like perving. Uh, there's a time, th- then there's, there's time a time, perv. there's a time when I'm like, and we're done now. <laughs> You know, like, it's like, it's like this, it's fun. It's fun. And then he takes fun. it a step further. And you went too far. Yeah. Oh, she looks so pretty. Oh, I like her hair. Oh, I want to stick that titty in my face. Okay. No, nope. uh, uh, you uh, ruined it. We back were, it up. We were perfect and have a good uh, time. Uh, uh, and then your dick took over. Back Blood it back up. back to your head. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, how was your week? Oh, it's good. Last night was so good. And I just felt connected to humanity. I know that sounds super fucking dumb. <laughs> connected to humanity. Wow. Yeah. Just like, um, cause we have people come up and share stories and mm-hmm. I, I was hoping some of them were dark and some of them were, and yeah. some of them were funny. And we, we called some people and it was, it was just good. It was just, it was good. It was, uh, it was so good. And then Steven was so proud of us. Like, mm-hmm. cause he rarely shows if he thinks something's stupid, he will tell us. He came up to me glowing after the show. He was glow. He was like a pretty princess glowing his arms were open and he had a smile and i was like what happened are you okay did you try pot (laughs) um and he was just raving about the show we went to Faselka afterwards Mm -hmm. with with wendy and uh just talking about it and then today oh we had the best sex you know when you don't okay this has been happening to me lately like that you whispered (laughs) i i know i don't know what he's downstairs i I haven't been wanting to initiate sex lately mm-hmm. and I'm just like, Ugh. it's like, but I feel like it's going to the gym or going to a yoga class because once, once you're in the middle of it, I'm you're there, so glad you're there. I'm so happy. I'm there after I do it. So happy. I've mm-hmm. done it, but mm-hmm. getting over that hump of doing it lately. is just, I don't know why I'm just like, yeah, this is going to bad. This motherfucker foreplay is so important. Foreplay mm-hmm. is like, what makes the world go round? Mm-hmm. I wish ever, that's like the main tip I could ever give anybody. But um, he like, you know, when someone like lightly touches your arm mm-hmm. like that for me, I'm assuming all people feel this way, but I'm sure it's not true. That puts me in this weird trance. Yeah. Of like, yeah. And then my, if you do it long enough to my body, like it just, I feel like I'm on another planet. And he did that to me for like a half hour. And then he made me come like so slowly with his finger. Oh my God. I had a panic attack. You, did you really? Joy. Yeah, I did. Oh. I like started hyperventilating, but I was like, what a feeling is really good. I just, uh, it was so intense. I was like, God damn it. We need to slow down. Wow. In our busy lives. Wow. And take a moment uh-huh. to enjoy foreplay and be present and be in the fucking moment. God damn it. I feel like a presidential candidate. Mic drop. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to say about that. Oh, watch our TED Talk, you guys. It's finally online. We'll put the link in the description for today's episode. It's it's pretty good. It's about it's called How Much and it's about uh feeling ownership over your body and mm-hmm. why the reasons why people don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of it. It's, we did we did great, girl. I think it's informative. Yeah, I'm happy with how it went. Um Oh, if you guys are in a band, the, the music that uh, that we've been using on this podcast for the past couple months has been created by people who listen to the podcast. Very honored that such talented people listen to the podcast. That means a lot. Um, Steven, that dude that sticks it in me reg, uh, on the reg, uh, is a music guy. He was a music guy, is a music guy, and he's been kind of handling all the podcast music. So if you have a band or if you have a friend with a great band and you think they would be into it, um, send a streaming link to specific tracks 
that you have to GWF podcast music at gmail.com. Steven listens to every single song you send him. Okay. So, uh, and he knows a lot of AR guys. So, yeah. Um, not that he's going to get discover you or anything, but uh, he loves it. He loves listening to your music, and you guys are fucking talented. So, we enjoy having music on the podcast that's created by listeners like you all send right. us your shit and speaking of listeners like you we are still thinking brawlers there's so many people that donated to our uh campaign our indiegogo generosity campaign Thank you so much we really appreciate it alejandro barajas Ooh, that was beautiful thanks i've nathan, been listening to all of shakira nathan lindley you son of a bitch. Thank you. <laughs> Jeffrey Headley, thanks for giving us your pop money. Siobhan. Oh, man. <laughs> Nana Swaran. Please forgive me. <laughs> we appreciate you and we're very sorry, I'm sorry. that we pronounced that No one wrong. pronounces my name right. It's fine. <laughs> Trista Stevenson. Yeah, we said that right. Brandon Meeks. You want to go to the mall? <laughs> Christy Laconte. We appreciate your funds. Mackie Ermosida, I love you. Elizabeth Smith, you's a good bitch. Ashley Guzman, thanks for having a simple last name that I could pronounce. And get your finger out of my ass. What if it was Gusman though? Fuck. Nasty. Oh, <laughs> jokes on me. Uh, let's read some emails. The subject of this email is called widowed and sexless and if you guys want to send us an email you can do that it's sorry about last night show at gmail.com this lady writes i can't believe i'm writing this anyone that knows me would never in a million years think i would do something like this but i need unbiased real advice i started listening to your podcast earlier this year because my partner passed away in a tragic and unexpected way and i googled funny podcasts and hoped to find something that would make me smile again and i did you two are getting me through some tough fucking times thank you my partner passed away earlier this year when our baby was only four months old before getting pregnant, I considered myself a sexual being in touch with and comfortable with my sexuality and never going too long without having sex. I enjoyed having sex and I had it pretty often. Obviously, becoming a mom does some crazy shit to your body and to your sex life for that matter. As I was finding myself again in the midst of being a mom, my partner and I were barely getting our sex life back on track. The universe abruptly takes the one person I could ever spend my life with. For the first time, I was committed and faithful. It's all fucked up. I feel like the people around me are waiting for me to really lose my shit, but the truth is I've just become so numb to things going on around me. I have moments where I want to run away, find somebody to fuck the pain away, word to peaches. I appreciated that part so much. <laughs> uh, I started to think that... Uh, what that would feel like and realize that I am no longer that girl. And even if I wanted to, I probably wouldn't be able to go there with somebody else. I miss my boyfriend more than I can even describe. And I'm, and I'm finding the strength to move forward in our baby, but I am afraid I will never love again or fuck for that matter. I'm desperate to find people who have been in a similar situation to help me through this, but nobody understands me. I can't even bring myself to masturbate, something I had no problem doing before. Being a mom, working and going to school is obviously a component in all of this too. I don't have much time or energy to do more than what I am already doing. I guess I'm really just asking for some unbiased advice on what you think I will be ready to tr even try and on date. When, yeah. on, on when, I'm sorry, on when I will even be able to try and date uh, and be with somebody else. Should I feel guilty for having these thoughts this early? Please uh, don't say my name. Uh, I won't. Uh, yeah. That's 
Oof. That's like the worst thing I can think of. One of the worst things I could think of. Um, I'm really sorry. I actually wrote her back because um, I wanted to connect her with Troy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I think this is... Troy Kwan like- was on the podcast <clears throat> and he um, was dating a girl for a couple years and they were like perfect and really in love and then they were hiking one day and she fell off a cliff and she died she died in his arms Mm -hmm. he he watched her die um and that is the most intense shit i've ever heard in my life uh troy is is i think he's doing pretty good i one thing i i emailed her back and i said um because just because this is what troy said yoga saved his life yeah, I mean, I think there's something, there's always something. I mean, for, you know, obviously I, I wasn't going through a, uh, something this serious. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, loss is experienced in different ways, whether someone dies or just, you know, leaves you. Uh, you know, acupuncture. I think a lot of like meditative things. Like I yeah. see a lot of people after their divorces coming into the spa uh, just because they ha- actually physically need someone to touch them again but they're not ready for someone uh yeah romantically intimate oh that's interesting they come and they pay for a massage and i and or they get a facial and i've had a lot of estheticians and massage therapists tell me that you know their clients will start crying because it is it's this emotional connection i mean you know we think of just like rich people going and getting massages and facials and it's like the luxury thing and and it certainly is a luxury but i think working there (laughs) in this like environment where we do a lot of holistic healing I've really learned to kind of like appreciate uh that it's more than just something that rich snobs do yeah because the people who work there really love what they do and they really and are making people feel better feel you know feel better and another sure. thing that does too like anything that's meditative <clears throat> like like yoga is it forces you to be present and focus on your breathing and I mm-hmm. think that that would really help I also don't think you should feel guilty at all for having the thoughts that you're having like will oh. I masturbate again I can't imagine fucking somebody I can't imagine being with somebody right now that's okay whatever you're feeling is okay you but i i'm i've i've never been through anything even close to this but i would think you just need to feel it and go through it and some people like that's so traumatic that what happened and maybe you'll be numb for a while and then maybe in a couple months you'll be you'll cry every day for a week and then you'll have a week where you're laughing and happy people handle that stuff so differently and i think you just have to let your body go through it handle it feel the grief celebrate him talk fondly about him and uh and yeah and just keep his memory alive if that's what will make you feel better and i would i mean honestly i would that that thought would probably cross my mind too shortly after like what do i even do like what is my the rest of my life going to be like romantically will i ever will i be a closed off you know am i ever going to have sex again like that's i under i completely understand that train of thought and that being something that goes through your head it's a totally normal thing to have there's no right there's no i think the answer is that there's no right or wrong answer however you feel is the way that you're to feel and everyone processes things differently especially things like uh like loss yeah and if uh, another thing is um if anybody is listening to this and they've been through something similar and you feel like you have some advice 
write us in and we'll we'll forward it to her yeah um, and i think yeah because i think there's like there's a lot of you know it kind of like the saint misery loves company it's not necessarily misery but i think there's just something really comforting about talking to someone who's been through the same thing oh, yeah. because you know i think there's people can say things and be like you know keep your head held You'll high be fine. hang in there kid and, and like that's just kind of annoying for people who couldn't possibly understand what you're going through yeah. uh so yeah please write us in if you've been through a similar experience and Hang in there, no. <laughs> Hang in there, kitten. No. Uh, this next email is entitled, I'm the side chick, and that's okay. Uh, hey, ladies, my name is Taylor. Uh, feel free to use my name. I just did. Good, Taylor. Uh, I'm writing you this email to get your opinion on a bothersome topic in my life. For about the past six months, I have been involved with a guy who has been in a two-year relationship. We talk to each other every single day with the occasional hookup, and I love it, but there's just something about it that bothers me. He tells me all the time, how much he wants to be with me and how much he wishes he'd met me before his current girlfriend and I just don't know what to do. Part of me is okay with being the so-called side chick because I love him so much, but another part of me is upset and confused. I get pissed every time he brings up anything about his girlfriend and I ghost him. I want to hear your opinion on what I should do. Stay with him and live with a constant lie lingering around me or end it. I love you both so very much and hope this can make it to a podcast. It did! Congrats! But Uh. not congrats on that situation no i mean this is pretty cut and dry taylor uh you you even said like why do i live with a constant lie lingering around me how that sounds horrible yeah no i mean there's just so many problems with it number one i i think we talk about this a lot on the podcast and while i think the person truly at fault is obviously the person in the relationship who is this guy you're you're not being a shining example of humanity either i mean if you know someone's in a relationship it's how do you think that girl feels yeah, I think I think the other girl, even though you don't girlfriend. know that person, and even though the, he's the one who's really doing the the true wrong, we should try to be good, like quote unquote sisters to each other. Like they're just try to be like a good good person, a, a good lady to other ladies. I think we don't look out for each other enough. And you know, if someone was, if my boyfriend had a side chick, I would want that side chick to be like, you know what, I'm attracted to you. You're awesome, but obviously you're not a loyal person so why do you want to be involved with a loyal person like you don't think that he would do the same exact stuff to you you're you're not yeah. special <laughs> no i know yeah. i've dated people who've cheated a lot on their girlfriends i'm like but i'm gonna change them shots that's not matter because that's how great i am yeah. nope 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 no 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 and on the flip side you also deserve more you deserve a boyfriend who's uh, or a mate who's your actual boyfriend not someone who's being like hiding you away if he he can say all he wants to you in words that he wishes he met you before his gr- current girlfriend but guess what his if current he, girlfriend isn't fucking attached to him if he wanted to date you more he he'd would dump her yeah he would yeah. be dating you if he wanted you that bad yeah he'd make it happen yeah so sorry have, have some respect for yourself and dump him immediately la 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 <laughs> sorry i thought there was another email that's why i like no did it. but that's well, why i did it like that there's one oh okay <laughs> i was like there eh. wasn't uh. i don't know where it is but there was an email that we were talking about earlier about um fucking a bigot mm-hmm. the girl this guy's like i'm I'm assuming he's white because she was saying he says the n-word and he says the uh, fag mm-hmm. uh, all the time like regularly in part like as part of his regular vocabulary but he's not like a comic or no he's not a com he's not a com- person he's not yeah he's not trying to be funny with it <laughs> right. i mean he's look, using it as hate speech yeah yeah he's using it as like actual nastiness right um, which what i fuck no 
Yeah, no. I would never fuck. But Listen, some girls, this is weird. And I know, we know people, we know women. We're both looking this. at each other thinking of the same person yep, right now. Yep. <laughs> These women who are like feminist as fuck. Mm-hmm. And they're they're really dope. They're mm-hmm. good people. And they're, they're do, they do great things. They're very supportive yeah. of women, blah, 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 blah are fucking these misogynistic pieces of shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But part of me, I understand, I try and understand where everybody's coming from. Yeah. I I get it. I get the sex appeal of the, of the, of the person. I get the fact that he's a piece of shit kind of makes you turned on a little bit. Right. But the thing is while you're fucking him and he's a piece of shit and that's turning you on after you come and you look at him laying next to you, he's still a piece of shit. Yeah. Do you want that? I don't know. I can draw the lines. I've never fucked things. a piece of shit. Like, like that I can, before. I've, I have no problem dating people who would, that I have very different political or religious views from. And I am right now, but I, I, I have to draw the line at racist. Also cheap. I draw the line at, but Oh yeah. But, oh, like if you're mean to racist. a waitress or waiter yeah. ever mm-hmm. or an animal, you're done. Yeah. Racist is where I, I, I've drawn the line on racist before. I can't, I just, I just can't handle that. Yeah. That's not like, there's nothing. There's just nothing that or, no, or homophobic, no, like no redeeming quality. Yeah, homophobic or Bigot, massage, like, bigoted in general. Bigoted, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just an awful quality. And I know it's I, it can be taught to people, but for some people, you can kind of tell it's so ingrained from when they were like a fucking two year old, right? And I mean, we all we all are a little bit racist or homophobic. Like everyone has a little something, and like there's a difference between but a little like, bit and or something a passing that you can get through, and throughout your life, you will become more progressive. Hopefully, with the experiences that you have and the people that you meet. Educate but, yourself. But read the news. Sometimes it's just so far gone that you're like, there's no recovering from this, mm-hmm. and I can't do anything about that. Have you ever almost? Have you ever met a guy that you potentially would fuck, and he was race? He was racist because all the racist people that I've met, or like homophobic, like truly racist, homophobic, misogynist, are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are in the South. I can't pinpoint I, one. I oh, hi, God, I know plenty of racists up here, but I, I, I've definitely I don't like been attracted to no. people and then have them said something that just about really their views that was that immediately made me go no yeah yeah for sure and part of me is like should i try and change their mind because i remember that girl said that in that email because mm-hmm. she's like i'm a very progressive liberal thinker and maybe i can try to change them but i mean people's minds should get changed yeah but- you can try and that's the same as like just the same as you know we talk about not just fucking shutting pedophiles in a cage i think there is something to be said for not just uh being like you're a racist and i'm done i think it's well, like john it's- ronson hung out with the fucking yeah. kkk one that's, time that's truly taking the high road and i think that's Oof. very but john. it's like i don't know i don't necessarily have i want to do that in yeah. my heart i don't want to do that either but i certainly commend and i think that if that's your approach but if but you need to be actively trying to change this person's mind and if you don't see any kind of uh improvement then you gotta leave however you know yeah and that's that's that is yeah. an approach though but you can't just deal with it don't just put up with it yeah because then that's that's rewarding a shitty person with pussy oh human, and that should never happen it is our duty every person listening to this right now it is your fucking duty as a as a fellow human when you see something happening or we see when you're in a group of friends or people and someone's someone's being like homophobic racist or sexist i i'm of the belief because i will always stick up for i don't even care if i know the person mm-hmm fucking stick up for people and what you think is right well, in those a, instances it's very important to speak up yes when that guy touched your butt on halloween you were I very fucking mad. chased him down you were very mad you don't do that no that it's was fucking rude and violating yeah thank you anyway you're welcome <laughs> our guest today this is the first time 
on the Guys We Fucked podcast that uh, we've had a doctor on. Woo! Finally. We did it. She, um, we. She. she well, yes, but we, we, we. Oh, no, I was just saying like she like, it's a woman doctor. Oh, oh yeah. The doctor's women a girl. Women can be doctors too. Guys, women can be anything they want. Like doctors. <laughs> um, she is an amazing person. We met her through Liz Winstead when we did the Lady Parts Justice uh, a couple shows and we interviewed, um, she is she's a medical doctor she's the director of reproductive health access project which is an amazing project and uh she works in new york city at clinics and she administers abortions on the reg on the reg Mm -hmm. um and we get to ask her a lot of questions corinne and i have not had an abortion um before we've talked to somebody before on the podcast who has but she gives them for a living she does it here and then she also goes to places in the country that have little to no uh reproductive health care access for women and you have to like travel you know two days to get to a clinic and then you have to wait three days because of the laws so we're really excited for you to hear um hear this interview ladies and gentlemen please welcome dr, dr. linda prine you played me all your games and you played the right ones I didn't even like you that much when this begun I hope you're having fun with your soon-to-be Can't wait for you to do the same thing to her as you did to me and we are here with Dr. Linda Prime, your first doctor, Linda. We, yeah. it's long overdue. <laughs> People are we, like, can you get someone who knows something about something on here? And we're like, ah, we're working on it. Yeah, because we don't, there's so many, I mean, everyone's knowledge about sexuality and sex organs and just like facts, like is, is our cold sores herpes? And mm-hmm. we've had people like, yes, they are. And people are like, no, they're not. What do you think? Or no. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah, I'm sure she knows definitively. Is it, isn't it well, a strain of a it's, type? It's all herpes virus. But, okay. You know, chicken pox is herpes virus too. So. Really? Oh, that's why they look alike. Yeah, exactly. Wait, chicken pox look like herpes? Yeah. You've never had chicken pox? I did. They're little kid, red though. sores all over your body. Oh, yeah. that sucks. But if I have a if I have a cold sore and I'm going down on somebody, can I give them genital herpes? Yeah. They're, they're oh, transmittable both ways. And we used to call them herpes one and herpes too, and it, but it really doesn't make much of a difference. They're transmittable either way. Oh, so both can be genital. Yeah, uh, it can turn yeah. into. But I feel like there's a huge stigma about the when it, the herpes is appearing on your genitals, and like, yeah. but no one's really like holding a stigma, uh, you know, about for li- people yeah. who li- have lips herpes yeah. yeah well because everybody gets lip herpes i mean her- everybody gets herpes at some point in their life it's, right it's we need to destigmatize herpes i think it's just because of the i don't know it, it, somewhere along the line someone was like Ew, you have sores on your dick and then all of a sudden herpes became this gross thing just people started talking about it grossly and yeah. then people started hiding when they would get it and then that barrel rolled into herpes is the worst well it can be really miserable because it keeps coming back you can't really get rid of it it does i mean not in everyone some people get it once and never see it again but for women who get it over and over and it recurs and it's very painful and they have to be on medicine all the time that's a big drag so there is that what do you think the worst std is god i don't know or in terms of like 
pain or life. I mean, obviously, AIDS isn't an STD. That's a virus. Of, I no, mean, is that an is. STD? Yeah, yeah, you could call it an STD. I mean, that's I mean the the virus is. Yeah, yeah. I so maybe that wins, but um, I you know it depends. Like chlamydia make, can make you infertile, so that's really a bad one. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. See, I don't know anything about STDs. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you? Okay, so let's start from the very beginning. What made you want to start working in reproductive health care? Well, I'm I'm a family doctor, and I work, was working in a neighborhood health center, and we were taking care of women who wanted to continue to be pregnant. But if they didn't want to continue to be pregnant, we had to send them away to Planned Parenthood, and that just seemed like whoa, what kind of message does that send to women that I'm going to take care of them if they're continuing their pregnancy, but I'm going to send them somewhere else if they're not? Like, which is more complicated to take care of? Well, actually, Mm -hmm. pregnancy, labor, and delivery is way more complicated. So why aren't we doing this in our regular offices? We should be doing this every, you know, it should be something that's part of medical care. What was the reason that it it was? The legality? Or doctors just didn't want to administer abortion? I think that um, when abortion first got legalized, Women wanted to own it, and so many freestanding clinics were set up to be abortion clinics. And and in the beginning, that was really cool because we had lots of advocates and people worked there who were, you know, patient volunteers, and they held women's hands throughout everything, the counseling and the sonogram and the procedure, and, and they were really there for women. But as, as things evolved, it wasn't a sustainable model to have all that staff, and so they became more narrow and less supportive of women they some of them are still really feminist in orientation but it it evolved so that regular mainstream medicine didn't have to do abortion and then it just didn't do abortions and and why not and it was just kind of this tradition where things went in a different direction and so academic medical centers and medical schools weren't teaching abortion and and then of course oh, all God. the abortion wars arose and it was all the more reason to not want to do abortion because it was you know becoming stigmatized and and name calling and bad and so on and so on so it got even less likely that mainstream doctors would do abortions i mean in the beginning many did and women also had options to go to abortion clinics and and it was kind of everywhere. In fact, I was actually a nurse in 1974 before I'd gone to medical school or anything. I worked in a Catholic hospital and we did abortions in the Catholic hospital where really? I worked. Hmm. It was the, the Catholic doctors didn't do them, but the other doctors did and the nurses could opt out of being in the operating room or not. And so oh, wow. I worked in the operating room with the doctors who did abortions many times. And well, that's so in, respectable because I often feel like specifically Catholicism, not only are they personally against abortion, but they try and get everybody else against abortion, too. So that's really well, great that they yeah. had doctors willing to give abortions. Well, it evolved so that they don't anymore, of course, in those right. Catholic hospitals. That, you know, well, Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of Catholic hospitals that just don't have no, it. None of them do anymore. None of them do. So, well, so they're getting stricter. Were, yeah, things were, were things regressed. I mean, since the 70s, I think the 70s was more open time and the 90s was an open time. And then we regressed a lot in the 2000s. Well, yeah. when, and when abortion first was legalized, it was legalized because it was life-saving. Women were dying from septic abortions, from, you know, self-induced or backroom, you know, sketchy stuff that you couldn't yeah. get a legal abortion unless you jumped through really a lot of hoops and mostly only rich women could do that. Yeah. 
That's such a, that's so, so have you ever given an administered an abortion? Oh yeah. Okay. I do like, it all the time. And you still do it, right? As recently as this morning. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what are the different ways, uh, that, that's one is, has an abortion like that? Well, you so practice? there's, there's pills mm-hmm. or there's a procedure mm-hmm. are the basic two different ways. And the pill abortion as you might have heard there was in the news a lot a couple of weeks ago because the FDA changed the labeling around medication abortion and changed it so that it can now be done up to 10 weeks which we knew it worked up to 10 weeks there's been lots mm-hmm. of research to show that it worked up to 10 weeks but the origi- 10 weeks into the pregnancy into the pregnancy okay. yes yeah, sorry but the original labeling that the FDA came out with in 2000 said that you could only do it up to 7 weeks mm. and you had to give 3 tablets of the first pill which was really more than was needed, we found out with subsequent studies. In fact, we even knew it at the time the FDA approved it, but they were approving it on information that had been submitted to them many years before. It took so many years for them to finally approve it. They literally approved it in the waning days of Bill Clinton's presidency. Wow. Um, And at that time, the the labeling that they gave it was already out of date because of all the research that had gone on in between. And then additional research happened over the next 15 years And so finally it caught up and the company that produces the pill took it back to the FDA and said, we would like to, you know, we would like to get this relabeled with the new evidence. And so they did. And you don't, um, some of the major changes are that nurse practitioners, physician assistants, anybody with prescribing um, rights can give the abortion pill. Really? And it, the instructions now say that the pill needs to be dispensed by someone who has these prescribing rights, but it doesn't say dispensed in the office. So we're thinking that telemedicine abortions are now covered, or if you needed to mail it to a patient, you could mail it to them. Mm -hmm. Wow. It, um, and this pill you insert in your vagina. No. So there's two steps to the to the medic, the pill abortion. Okay. The first step is the first pill that you swallow, and you swallow the first pill. And that pill is called mifepristone, and it causes the pregnancy to detach from the wall of the uterus and just stop growing. Then there's a second round of medicine that you use usually 24 to 48 hours later. And those tablets can either be put in your cheeks, and that's the way the FDA approved it, it's called buckle administration. You like stick them in between your oh, cheeks and your like teeth. Like the gauze when you're getting your te- when you're yeah. at the dentist, yeah. Or they can be put in the vagina, but that's not the FDA label. That would be considered oh. off label. Because oh, my one of my good friends had an abortion, is, and uh, she had to stick the pills up her vagina. But she said that was the only way. I feel like if there was the option to put them in her mouth, she probably would. It have seems done like that. there's less room for error if you put them in your mouth. Yeah. 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 Oh, but I not really. Why. I mean, you can't put them in wrong in your vagina, so it's like, really okay. Well, but she was nervous because they kept falling out. They, they like she would put one in and she couldn't get it up high enough and. And her well, boyfriend had to do it. Well, because and... women don't know anything about their vagina. So like, all joking issue, aside, yeah. we seriously don't know what the hell we're doing. Like, it took me until I was 29 years old to figure out how to insert a tampon properly. Yeah. 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 No, and it's true. And I have patients who are like, ooh, when I say, you know, you can use them in your vagina or your cheeks. But but then you say, but if you put them in your cheeks, you have to leave them there for a half hour. And it's really hard to talk on the phone. So then what? people are like, oh, well, okay. So how do you do the vagina way? <laughs> Is everyone talking on the phone while they're waiting for their abortion to kick well, in? Well, people still do. You have to, you have to make 
them sit there for 30 minutes before you can swallow them down. So, and they're very chalky. Oh, so, so. they have to sit in your, yeah. in your this saliva. And then taste you... bad. Oh, yeah, exactly. weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's so interesting. I didn't even know that was an option. And then the surgical procedure. Okay. Well, so let me just finish. Oh, so, so pill, after yeah. the, after those pills, about three to five hours later, the cramping and bleeding starts. And it's like a, it's like a hard period, you know, it's like extra crampy and yeah. a lot and more bleeding. And we give, usually give people some pain medicine for that part. And the bad cramping and bleeding lasts like two to four hours uh-huh. and then it's over with. And then it, you, um, a woman will continue to bleed for like nine to 16 days, which wow, it's not heavy bleeding. It's just, you know, on and off. And um, that's the abortion pill. So that's that option. Hmm. Okay. And then what, what people sometimes call a surgical abortion, which is really not the right name for it because there's no is surgery. It, there's no cutting. There's no cutting, right. Is um, There's different um, types of surgical abortions depending on where how far along the pregnancy is. So the one that's done up to about 16 weeks is um, what's like an, it's called an aspiration procedure. And if it's early, it's done with a little handheld thing called a manual vacuum aspirator. It doesn't need electricity or anything. It's like a, it's like a reverse syringe. Like you, you put some suction onto it by sort of cocking it. And first the cervix is dilated and stretched and then like a straw kind of, um, cannula is put in and it's attached to this little gentle suction and it just brings the pregnancy tissue out and it takes about five minutes mm-hmm. wow that one is there um pluses and minuses to either of these procedures or are they both equally effective i think what's great about having these two options is that they are equally effective and some women really want one way and some women really want another way. I think women who kind of feel like I want to take care of myself. I don't want a doctor putting any instruments in me. I would rather be at home in my own house, in my own bathroom, taking care of myself can have the pill. And that really feels right to them. And then some women are like, no, no, I do not want to be at home. I'd be scared. I wouldn't know if I was putting the pills in the right way. Yeah, right. I want the doctor to do it for me. And yeah. then I'll know I'm done and I'll know everything is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for those women, that's perfect. Then they can have that procedure. And so it's kind of nice that we have it either way. Absolutely. When you talk to women about getting abor- an abortion and they decide to get an abortion, do you also offer any kind of like mental health care or what's the process like psychologically, the, the discussion you, that you have yeah, or, I was worried, where you like, send them after aftercare? Do you have to oh. be like, are you sure? Do you have to so, push that. I think it's a it's a real misperception that women are having mental struggles over whether or not they want to have an abortion or and that they're going to have some kind of post-abortion, you know, mental trouble. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Know, what what it is is that some women have mental troubles, you know, some women have depression, some women have drug addiction, some women have um you know, are really unsure of their decision-making all the time. And those women will have those same problems Mm -hmm. when they're done having their abortion too, you know, and it's not the abortion that gave them depression or difficulty making decisions or drug addictions or any of that. It's what's going on in the bigger context of their lives. So those women needed extra help 
to begin with before they even had a pregnancy that they decided they need, couldn't continue. How do you gauge if that's the kind of, if that woman does need that extra cushion? It's, it's usually pretty clear because they're, they're having you? really trouble making the decision. They're crying. Has anybody ever asked you what you office? think they should do? Oh, all the time. All the time. What do you, yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you answer that? Well, mostly they say, which kind of procedure should I have? And then I answer just like what I said to you. And yeah. then other times... It's it runs the whole gamut. Some people really want to discuss with you their whole life situation, and that's fine. And and usually what I'll do is I'll say, so what I'm hearing you say is, and then I'll say back to them, you know, you've got two kids, your husband's unemployed, you're working two jobs, and another kid would just push you over the edge. It really sounds like this is a time that you're doing would not this. be good for you to be pregnant. Yeah. Right. You know, and I'll just say back to her what she said to me so that she can kind of redigest it. Right. And and you're not putting words in her mouth. You're just letting her hear her own thoughts from somebody else's body. And yeah. that helps a lot of the yeah. time. And then sometimes it is like, you know, where someone in a situation like what I just described really might have wanted another child. And it is a tearful moment where because she feels bad about that. But it, that's different from somebody who's just kind of all over the place, depressed and unhappy and and you know really and you can tell after you can tell in a conversation when that's and that's much less common than women who come in and they know what they want you're like i cannot be pregnant can you please help me as soon as possible yeah i you know i feel like it's i feel like from the people i know it's a lot a lot of people who already have kids i feel like they're they kind of just I don't know. I feel like they're like, oh, well, I'll just go, you know, it's like a mistake, but I'll go through with it or that kind of thing. Whereas people who have never had a kid before are much more willing or open to be like, I'm going to get an abortion. Like, it's just not time to start yet. Do you, what what has your experience been with that? Um, it is more than half of the women who get abortions have had children already. Oh, really? Oh. Interesting. Yeah. I would not. Yeah. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Damn. And is it, do you feel like it's usually financial reasons? It runs the gamut. I mean, sometimes it's like, whoops, I'm 40. I didn't think I was still <laughs> Oh, yeah. Didn't even yeah. think this, these old things yeah. worked. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's great. Well, so have you ever um, had anybody walk in that was raped that was seeking an abortion that I, you knew of? Um, usually, I haven't had anybody walk in and say, you know, I was raped and I'm pregnant. I've Usually women have had other care before they get to me, if okay. that's the situation. Um, but sometimes when you're doing an exam on a woman, you can tell that she's had some trauma before because the, her whole demeanor around having a GYN exam is she's just so stressed and tense and tearful. And so, you know, something bad has happened before. Uh, and, yeah. and so usually I'll stop and say, um, you, you know, you seem really like this exam is re-traumatizing you in some way. Did something bad happen? And see if she wants to talk about it and then decide together how we can best proceed. And usually what's helpful is if she can be more in control of everything and, you know, tell me when she's ready for the next step and we work together and she's... You, what you don't want to reproduce is the feeling of helplessness that somebody had at the time that they were being raped or traumatized mm -hmm. in some way. And so working together with her around how to get through that is really what needs to happen. Yeah. Jeez. There's, um, we talked about a while ago when we were at doing the lady parts justice event and we had that pre-meeting, um, you mentioned a pill that people can buy online, the, the abortion pill. 
Well, what, what is yeah. that? How to, can is that still a thing? Can people get it like all over the world, only in this country? And it seems like they can get it without a prescription. Yeah, so that is available only in country, only to women who live in countries where abortion is illegal. So okay, you, you can't get the abortion pill online in the U.S. It's okay. a, it's called Women on the Web, and that's their website, womenontheweb.com, something like that, or okay. .org. I'm you can Google sure. it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put the link in the description. Okay. So I'll look up both and see which one's right. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. the way because we've had people email us. This has happened a lot more than I don't. It, maybe it's a one alarming number maybe it's not but uh, either on behalf of their friends or on behalf of themselves saying i'm too scared that a lot of these women lived in america they were young probably 15 16 uh i'm too scared to go to planned parenthood i'm ashamed i'm under 18 so they have to contact i have to have parental permission or i can't afford the 400 procedure fee to get an abortion and this one girl was like my friend's just trying to get really drunk and stick a clothes hanger up her vagina mm-hmm. and I thought I I wasn't sure. I'm like, oh, there's that pill. I emailed Ashley Gray, who works with Liz, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And she gave me some links with resources because mm-hmm. there's also funds. Yes, there's available. Funds. The National Network of Abortion Funds has many branches in probably every major city that okay. has has funds available. So NNAF, National Network of Abortion Funds. Okay, so that's where you can go and just like apply in some sort of formal way. Well, even if you go to um, to a place to get an abortion, many of them will help you access the funds. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So what's your advice to someone who is 15 or 16 and pregnant and scared? Like how, what do you, what guidance can you give them? Well, it's, podcast? you know, unfortunately it's depends on where they live now. You know, yeah. in New York city, it's right. It's just so not a problem. Go, and go to Chelsea, walk right in that Planned Parenthood and be like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but in many parts of the country, they're going to have to have parental consent. They're going to have to drive a long distance. They're going to have to do a 24 or 48-hour waiting period. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to have to come back again. So it gets to be pretty impossible in a lot of states now. Mm-hmm. So and uh, one thing we had talked about previously, too, uh, which is a way that local st- or state governments make it uh, abortion access and health care access just almost impossible is trap laws. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the trap laws I know of that is the uh, I don't I forget which state this was in, that the blades of grass can't be higher than I think it was two inches or something. Ashley told me what other trap laws do you know yeah, about? I haven't heard about that one, but usually they're. They're, they're laws that they're able to pass through the legislature because they claim that they're making something safer or better for women's health. So there'll be a law that says doctors have to have hospital privileges within 30 miles of the abortion clinic. But the fact is, is that none of the hospitals within 30 miles of the abortion clinic are going to give the doctor hospital privileges because hospitals want to give doctors privileges who are going to put people in the hospital. And if you're doing abortions, you don't need to put people in the hospital. You're never going to need to admit anybody to the hospital. Or maybe once every two to five years, you might have a complication where you need to put someone in the hospital. So they don't want you to be they don't want to give you privileges. So they don't want to just hand that out. It's a business just like everything else. Yeah. And so you can't, so it's, so it's a catch 22. So then nobody can be a doctor in an abortion clinic unless you also are a doctor somewhere else where you might put people in their hospital. But in some States like Texas, if you work somewhere else, you're not allowed to also work in an abortion clinic. So, so they, they get you coming and going. Mm -hmm. There are so many ways in which they keep you from being able to run your clinic. And is that because of religious reasons, you think? What is the main reason that people are pro-life? 
I mean, well, I think for a lot of these legislators, they just, yeah, they, they just want to control women's lives and they don't think that women should have any decision making over their bodies. They think that we're baby making machines and that's what we're good for. Yeah. I, I mean, I have that notion in my head and then, but there's another voice in me saying like, no, that's just the radical feminist in you that's man hating. But I'm like, right. no, I, I really do think based off of hearing some of these male politicians speak about these bills that they've passed. There's no way there's no other answer for that. There's no they're not they're not citing God, you know, and it's like you clearly just want to control women. And I'm like, what are you so fucking afraid of? But well, I think a lot of politicians want to control everyone, just especially yeah. women, because historically we're easier to control. Unfortunately, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Kick shit down. <laughs> um, and you one of the topics that um, you had mentioned that I love to get into Zika virus. What's yeah. going on with that? So this is going to be really a big story come summer, I think. Um, mm-hmm. This virus is being is spread by mosquitoes. So far, it's mostly just in Latin and Central America and the Caribbean. And it's associated with pretty severe birth defects when pregnant women get infected. Um, there is a test for it to see if you've been infected, a blood test or a urine test. Mm-hmm. But you don't know how we don't know yet the medical community doesn't know yet what percentage of infected women are going to have these badly deformed babies um one study i saw said 29 percent, which is pretty high. high yeah and the 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 malformation which is mostly something called microcephaly which is a really tiny tiny head and and undeveloped brain and sometimes associated with blindness and deafness can't really be diagnosed until 20 weeks of pregnancy by ultrasound which for many states they've they're passing these 20-week abortion bans another trap law you know that women can't have abortion past 20 weeks so that's just when this deformity can be diagnosed so it's a really scary thing and it's going to spread to the southern u.s this summer and that's how do you know because the mosquitoes that's just what happens that's where mosquitoes they're right they pack their bags they bought their uh their plane ticket they're coming not crap i'm going to florida soon i gotta watch out i was gonna say i was like could i have zika virus like how do i like there's so there's just literally no way i could know and then i get knocked up uh and then all hell breaks loose so so far like the public health agencies in the u.s their main um way of talking about this has been to talk about mosquito control which is like hello the mosquitoes we have never been able to control and yeah they're fucking and we're talking about the states in the south that have the least accessible birth control for women and the least accessible abortion so the most humid climates for mosquitoes exactly so it's going to be a big big problem this summer i think where women are going to be freaking out because they can't get birth control they can't get abortion and we have a public health system that has yet to like say this is an emergency we need to deal with it so trojan beach team get ready yeah hand out those condoms that's what we need (laughs) what uh late-term abortions that's one of the other thing i I wanted to ask you about when is the latest that you can uh, administer an abortion is that state to state how many weeks yeah what's the latest there's some states that don't have regulations like um i think new mexico colorado and maryland have really like sort of left it open other states say to viability which is somewhere between 24 and 26 weeks other states say to 24 weeks um other states say to 20 weeks yeah i mean with the open-ended i mean it's like an eight eight month abortion which makes me feel so well it's generally the the late abortions are usually for really 
either really bad health problems that the woman has developed uh-huh. or, or really bad malformations that have not been picked up earlier in the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, it's due to some really difficult extenuating circumstances that right. the woman's in. Have you guys seen the movie After Tiller? No. no. Oh, you should see that. It's really about that issue. After Tiller? Mm-hmm. You said? Okay, I'll check that out. Um, with like with Zika virus, for example, that's something you can't detect until 20 weeks in. Is the tri- what's the death rate? Do you not live a long life if you're born with Zika virus? It well, seems like if you have a tiny head, that's yeah. The, a lot. Many of the many of these babies are pro- are going to probably die before they're three, oh, and they're not developing normally. But you know, we're just seeing a big. Um, I think I heard Brazil has 4,000 cases. Whoa. But I'm, Holy shit. I'm not positive that's okay. correct, so don't quote me on that. But um, it does, it, it is, um, and because it's kind of new, we don't know what the real lifespan is of these individuals, but it's, it's very um, grim. Is it at all similar Jeez. to the birth uh, defects that they show you when, you, when you're on Accutane? Because I was on Accutane for a while and I had to get uh, a pregnancy test every month to even stay on it. And there was a lot of pictures of weird-headed, cone-head babies on my package. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't know. Really? Pictures yeah. of the babies? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, because just for people who are listening, uh, well, not real, like sketches, not, oh. not photographs. Oh, I, was, I thought they were pulling like a cigarette thing where they put of a, a real smoky lung. Baby. I'm like, that's rude. No, and that's, I mean, that, and that's just for, that was just for skincare. So you're just like, wow. Yeah, goddamn. And I was like, oh, it's worth And I was like, and I just kept telling my dermatologist, I was like, I'm not going to get pregnant. Don't worry. What? Um, and I'm, I didn't. <laughs> good for you. Thank you. Where, where does America rank? I know that the UN did a report on you know, women's health care, like women's reproductive rights and stuff. America kind of ranked low on that. What do you what is your opinion on like where America is in terms of other countries on how far behind are we on on women's health care? Well, I, you know, I just I'm not really an expert on this. Okay. I'm a physician, not a oh, okay, not a um, researcher or, you know, social scientist. But Generally, Europe is way ahead of us around all health measures, and Canada's ahead of us around most health measures. Cuba's ahead of us around most health measures. Mm. And then, you know, Central and South America and Africa are behind us. So we kind of, of developed countries, we're at the bottom. Do you think the FDA gets in the way of us being towards the top of that list? Because I I think it was, was it the FDA that released the report of uh, if you're um, a woman, I think, what, what was it? If you're not on birth control, you shouldn't drink. That was Basic. the CDC. CDC. Yeah, yeah, that was the CDC. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the yeah. FDA kind of sucks too, though, right? <laughs> like they're, 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 I've seen some docs, I've seen some <laughs> documentaries that have made me anti-FDA. But um, like w- just those stigmas like that. And, and also when you were talking about they, they t- stopped teaching how to administer an abortion in medical school, mm-hmm. that's, that's I, I can almost see the map of where it started. Like if doctors stop doing it and then people get this idea of, oh, this is not a good idea if doctors aren't even Well, how do you learn it? then? Do you have to go to like an after school club or something? How are you learning yeah. to do your abortion? Abortion club, so, like chess club. Yeah. <laughs> so you do mostly learn it during what, during residency training, which everybody does after medical school. Okay. And it depends on which specialty you go into, whether or not you're going to learn it. So in family medicine and in OBGYN, those are the two areas mostly where you can learn it. And in OB, it's actually 
supposed to be taught in every residency, although the ones that are affiliated with Catholic hospitals are obviously not doing it. Mm. So then really people have to make a special effort and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, In family medicine, it's not as mandated. um, And so it's not taught as much. And and you definitely won't get it at a Catholic-affiliated residency. And you may not get it at the majority of family medicine residencies, but there are some that have very good training in abortion care, and then then you can graduate totally competent to hmm. provide abortions when you're done. That's so interesting. No, and now, is there any stigma uh, against abortion in the actual medical community? Do you feel, or what's the feeling in general like in is the any medical other community? Doctor giving you a dirty look because you administer abortions. You know, I'm in New York City, so I know you're yeah, is a liberal yeah. bubble. Yeah, yeah, I don't or family or something or learning. No, my family's pretty cool too. That's so great. I oh, good. Not, but I'm sure I've heard stories from my colleagues about all kinds of stuff, especially this. You know, people who are working in low resource areas where they're trying to get privileges and they're trying and and actually I do some fly-in work where I um fly in and provide abortions in Las Cruces New Mexico oh wow because it's right over the border from Texas and and Texas passed so many laws that three quarters of their abortion clinics closed so most of West Texas doesn't have any place to go so um a friend of mine opened a clinic in in Las Cruces, uh, a whole woman's health clinic. And so I work there um, like once a month or once every two months. Mm, and wow. when mostly women from Texas come there. And when we were trying to get hospital privileges, or I didn't even have to have the hospital privileges. I just had to have somebody in the community say that they would admit my patient if I ever needed to send one to the hospital. That's all I needed. And it took yeah. me about six months six. to find someone who would be willing to do that, Wow, which is crazy. It's like, I'm not going to need this. I just need your name on a piece of paper. For the doctors who wouldn't let you come to their hospital, do they say why or they just said no? They just, um, mostly they just didn't call me back. Ah. Yeah. yeah, cowards. <laughs> they ghosted you. It's like a, it's like a bad boy that you're seeing. I'm just not gonna call you back. Um, can we ask you questions about the vagina? Sure. Just in general, we, we, <laughs> I could talk about abortion a lot more just because there's so much stigma. Oh, oh, the one last question I've had is: Have you ever met a person who was pro-life and then they changed their mind? Well, I've done abortions for women who tell me they're pro-life. Interesting. So that's, you know, like, for example, I had this 17-year-old girl who was there with her aunt, and she needed an abortion, um, and she took a long time trying to decide what kind of abortion she wanted and whether she really wanted to have one in my office or did she want to go someplace where they could put her to sleep. And obviously, this is a very privileged situation to be able to be making decisions like that because she's in New York City, right? If she was in... Texas, she would be have no little choices. You know, she would have driven twelve hours to get to somewhere where she could have an abortion, and she would have had to return three times. You know, because there's a, and she would have had had to have parental consent, a waiting period, then come back oh, after you've signed. the They consent. have mandatory waiting periods. Yeah. So, so here she is. Oh. She's in New York. We've, I've spent all this time with her. She can't decide. She can't decide. She finally decides, and fine. She decided she wanted the aspiration procedure. We did it, no problem. It takes like five minutes. She's, re- re- you know, she's sitting there. We're sort of chatting, and she's kind of like having some water, and and she says, you know, my aunt and I, we don't believe in abortion. After the abortion. Yeah. And I go, oh. And she goes, well, you know, I mean, I already have a baby and I'm only 17. So, like, mm, I I had to do this, but, like, I, I'm not really in favor of it. What? He's the kind of person who would vote against abortion but then get one. Yeah. 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 So 
I just had to stop and say, well, <laughs> yeah, we have to talk. <laughs> Good. Because I'm like, you know, you're right. This is really special why you needed this abortion. And, and you have every reason to need an abortion from, you know, everything you've told me. But, you know, every woman I see has an equally compelling reason. Every woman has a life with her, you know, troubles and choices and ups and downs. And and now that you've seen how you could need one, you need to understand how other women could need one and not be judging and saying you can't support abortion. You need to support abortion. You need to make it just as easy for every other woman to get as it was for you to get because anything else really wouldn't be fair, would it? What'd she say? And then there was a, there was a, she's like, whatever, Dr. Prine, I'm out. (laughs) Did she understand where you were coming from? I I think she sort of got it. You know, I mean, we, we actually talked for a while and with her aunt also, and you know, I gave them some other examples of the situations women had been in and, you know, sort of trying to get them to see, oh yeah, like this isn't something, I mean, I think what happens is women who haven't been in that situation have this really false idea that there are women out there that are just having random sex. Yeah, we're just fucking. Getting pregnant <laughs> and yes. going and getting abortion. And using abortion just, as birth control. Just like yeah. they figure out, you know, what kind of groceries they want. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not really the way it works. No. You know, women are not trying to get pregnant. Nobody wants to just go get an abortion for the fun of it. No one needs an extra mm-hmm. errand to run. Like, no, no one, I got shit to do. Yeah, it, I don't think anyone's looking to do that. It's, you know, and yeah. no one likes going to like, I mean, most people just, you know, don't like going to the doctor, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's not a fun experience. I have tried very hard uh, in my experiences with medical professionals to be like, to respect them and and not make it like a bad process. And then in that I did, I found a great OBGYN, but I think that's important. A lot of people are just scared or not taking their, I'm like, it's a, they're a doctor. For people who are pro-life and AKA anti-choice. And instead of protesting outside of an abortion clinic, what what could they do to better prevent the amount of abortions being had? Like, uh, well, could they, they could support contraception. You yeah, know, they should. I mean, if if abortion really bothers someone, first of all, they shouldn't have one. Okay, it's really that's that's, that's like really as far as it should go. It's not up to them whether somebody else should or shouldn't have one. But that's number one. And then number two is if it gets under their skin that other women are having them, then they need to do everything they can to make sure that contraception is available. But beyond that, they have no say. It's yeah. it's it's really not something the government should be involved in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's a woman's choice, and that's the end of, of it, really. That's as far as it should go. And to tell you the truth, if somebody... You know, contraception is not that easy. There's, you know, the pills have side effects. The patch has side effects. The the IUD has side effects. There, a lot of these things are inconvenient, or they give you cramps, or they give you, or they make you mentally insane. Like birth control used to make me breasts swell, your stomach upset. It's there's not one method that is perfect. Like when women are asked, "What do you want from a method?" and they make a list, there's not one method that that satisfies that list. Right. So if somebody uses condoms their whole life and doesn't use anything else and they have a couple of unintended pregnancies and a couple of abortions, I think that's fine. I mean, that is totally understandable to me. And people can call that using abortion as birth control. But, 
you know, birth control can suck. And for some women, there's not really a method that I, I have had patients who have been through five or six different methods and each one has something that makes it really hard for them. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that. That's their life. It's and their life. And it's though. their, and their yeah, individual choices. body and health history and all the things that affect that. And it's like, get the get out of... Because I said on the podcast yeah. before, if you are anti-abortion, then don't get an abortion. And then a lot of people emailed us and they're like, well, that's the definition of pro-choice. But I'm like, is it? Because why, why does... So pro-life just means you also want to dictate other people's decisions? I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it just stay out of somebody else's life. It means you love you. making decisions about lives, yours and other people. Right. That's so infuriating. No, you said it, you you think it's fine to have a number of abortions. I, I, there's like a rumor. I don't know if this is a rumor or a fact that after X amount of abortions, you start to actually damage mm-hmm. your your body. Yeah, there's not really medical evidence to that. Oh. Really? Oh. Yeah. I'm going to tell a lot of people to shut the fuck yeah. up now. Well, you know, in, in, in countries in in um, Eastern Europe, there were many generations where there were there was really no other birth control except abortion, and women would wow. have fifteen or eighteen abortions. Wow! In yeah, yeah, and they continued to get pregnant and had babies when they wanted had babies, and then didn't when they didn't, and they were it didn't affect their fertility. Obviously, if you're getting pregnant right. eighteen times and having yeah. eighteen abortions, you're still able to get pregnant. So that's well, we damn. know that that's really not true. It's, the same goes for Plan B. Oh, you can use Plan B all you want. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow! Yeah. I was under the impression that two times is ma- is your max. Well, right? yeah, it's like, start to damage your uterus. Now, the one thing you really need to know about Plan B or Ella, either of the two forms of emergency contraception, is that after you use them, you will ovulate. Oh. So they might work for that unprotected sex that happened a few days ago but then if you have unprotected sex two or three days after you've used them you will get pregnant because you will ovulate then and they delay ovulation Mm. and so it's that's Shit. that's a really high risk time. It's the two or three days after you've used L or yeah, Plan B. Maybe just take a breather. Yeah, yeah, you should take a just breather. Just do something else. Where do you think um do you think there's ever gonna be male birth control? And do you think that there hasn't been many options so far because guys don't want to take birth control or it's not medically as possible i don't know yeah i i mean there are vasectomies and for men who are done with their childbearing years they should probably get one Mm -hmm. instead of a tubal ligation for women which is a much bigger procedure um there's something that's being in the pipeline that's being studied that's a injectable gel that blocks the tube that the sperm travel through and that can be neutralized at a later time with another injection oh so that is has a lot of potential but um you know as women we might be like if a guy says oh don't worry babe i'm fixed how are you going to know, you know? That's so true. women might still want to be in control of their contraception. So That's there is that true. issue. Um, but I think it is important that male, um, that men have an option because if they don't want a father. I know. I would like to shut down the guys that are always like, women just trying to get pregnant by me. I'm like, shut the fuck up. No one wants your baby. But if, if you, they had the option of getting their tube starter birth control, I'm like, then you, you have, you cannot say anything. To well, that. it's also like, yeah, just like help us. Like if sex, this is two way street and obviously birth control should be too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just unfortunate that there's this thing that kind of like men can just step away from parenting just because the baby didn't come out of them. And I guess they can, but it's frowned upon. Yeah. It ain't very nice. <laughs> Vagina questions. Squirting. 
what you know about squirting? What is, <laughs> is it? there pee? Because again, equal, equal yes and equal no's passionately that we've gotten from, from listeners with, with support. You with know, articles. I'm going to refer you to my friend, Virginia, and oh, you okay. should have another whole podcast with her okay. about sex. Okay. Cause I'm really more the birth control and abortion expert and got, okay. she does tons of sex we'll education positivity hey yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's great she's okay totally great. cool and also what made you what made you want to give abortion like what made you get uh, into this field get into this well i had an illegal well, it wasn't illegal i had a pre-roe v wade abortion myself oh. when i was a teenager mm. um and it and I had to it, I had to go through a ton of hoops to access a legal abortion what hoops? because so um, I I found out I was pregnant by going to a doctor in the south side of town whose name I saw advertised in the student newspaper. I was in, a freshman in college, and so he gave me a pregnancy test and said it was positive. And when he saw my face, he was like, oh, so this is not, you don't want to be pregnant. And I said, yeah. And so he said, okay, here's a name and a phone number. And he wrote down Marilyn and a phone number. And he said, call her. So I got back to my dorm room and I made this phone call and some law office answered. And I hung up because I was like, oh, my God, this is this is a mistake. I don't even know. Could you get arrested if you were seeking an abortion pre Roe v. Wade? No. Okay. There there wasn't like all this horribleness back then. It was just illegal. The horribleness was what women had to do to try to make themselves have a a miscarriage, you know, and all the things that they tried. Throwing the themselves on the staircase. their insides and, yeah. and all oh. that. The horribleness was not the kind of horribleness we have today. So um, nobody, you know, nobody was spying on you. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have right. internet. There, you know, right. that wasn't happening. So I, I called again and asked for Marilyn, and it was the right number, and they put me through to this woman, and she said, okay, here's what you have to do. I'm going to meet you on the corner of such and such and such and such, and I'll and I'll look like this, and that's how you recognize me, and I'll tell you what to do from there. <gasps> Whoa! Holy shit! So the next day, I went and met her, and she gave me a list of names that were names of psychiatrists. And she said, in the state, the only way you can get a legal abortion is you have to have two letters from two different psychiatrists who say that you're suicidal. Oh, because it has to be saving your life. You can only do an abortion in this state if it's to save the life of the of the woman. And these are friendly psychiatrists, and they will write you a letter. And then when you get those letters, I'll tell you what the next next step is. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went to the first guy, and he was really mean. And he was uh-huh. like, he was like, um, so how would you do it? How would you kill yourself? Holy uh, shit! And I was like, oh, I don't know. I I guess I'd. Take a bottle of <laughs> shit. I gotta get creative. Yeah, and you know what? Right, I'm sweating bullets. I'm like, I need the right something? answer. Whatever you want to put down. So I told him I'd swallow a bottle of aspirin because that wouldn't work. Oh. All right, aspirin. Wow, you're a yeah. failure in life and at trying to get deaf. Right, and so I said, okay, Tylenol. Uh, uh, he said, okay, all right, all right. You know, and he bought he Tylenol well, was acceptable. To him. Yeah, and. And he asked me all these questions and like, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I didn't know what going to a psychiatrist was like, you know? Uh, So of course he's like, you know, tell me about your mother and tell me about this and that, you know, all this stuff. And actually my mother had just died the year before. So it was like, I felt like he was trying 
to make to me to- feel like I was suicidal. Right, it seems like it. You know, and and may, and you know, just kept grilling me until I was crying, and then he finally wrote the letter. And it was like, did so he mean. need like another Ugh. client or something? Yeah. What a controlling, Ugh. awful. And it was person. just for him, really. It was for his own conscience, I guess, or something. Ugh. So anyway, the next guy was really nice, and he just said, "Okay, sure, no problem." And he wrote the letter. So then I had to find out what to do next. So that the next step, Marilyn tells me, is you make an appointment with this one OBGYN at the University Hospital. He does the abortions, and you bring in the letters with you. So I got that appointment. I go there. They admit you to the hospital overnight. Oh my God. On the maternity floor. Oh. So there's this ward on the maternity floor that has like 10 beds in it, all filled with young women who are having abortions. And some of them are having these second trimester procedures that back in those days was what they did, something called assaulting out, where they injected into the into the uterus this high concentrated salt water that would make the woman miscarry. Mm-hmm. Oh, Janice tells us about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Saint, the saline. Yeah. So these women are miscarrying in the beds, and the rest of us who are having the earlier procedures <laughs> oh are waiting for the next day to go to the operating room, and they're in tears. And the nurses are not coming to give them any pain medicine, and we can hear them out in the hall. Oh my God. Those whores. Those what? Are you like, kidding me? Yeah, because this is the maternity ward. They're working there because they want to take care of happy moms with their babies and they're disgusted by us they can't believe they have to take care of these women Women helping women so it was just you know an awful awful situation so i'm these other women and i that are having the our procedures the next day are up all night with these women who are crying and we're putting like cold compresses on their foreheads and holding their hands and you were holding their hands yeah because the nurses wouldn't yeah yeah so oh my god so that kind of experience is what later when i became a doctor made me feel like i'm gonna do abortions because women should never have to go through something bad yeah yeah to access an abortion and so i just wanted to be part of the solution because I had seen how bad it could be. Yeah, right, the wrong that was done to you. Oh, my God. Ooh. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, okay, I get it now. <laughs> and do you feel rewarding? It, like, your work is very... Oh, I mean, it's incredible. Especially it's knowing what you yeah. had to go through and well, how it was. You, you know, because of how awful our society is to women who are who are getting abortions, the, women are expecting the worst when they go to the doctor and they say, I'm, I'm pregnant and I don't want to be pregnant. They're afraid to tell you. They don't know what you're going to say. So when you're respectful and understanding Understanding, and tell them I got it. I got you. Here, I'm going to help you. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what your choices are. You can have whatever you want. You know, you can have this kind of abortion. You can have that kind of abortion. No judgment. I yeah. agree with your decision. I'm with you on this. They're like so grateful. You're like, helping the world. And so I get <laughs> hugs from my abortion patients. Nothing. Yeah. You know, it's like incredibly rewarding. Oh, the, right. N- none of my patients with diabetes ever give me a hug. After. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> They're like, I got to go to this. Terminating a pregnancy. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's, that's, you're a life changer to so many people. Th- yeah. Thank you. Thank you for doing this interview, but also thank you for being, um, helping, truly helping women. Mm-hmm. Like the best example of helping yeah, women. Yeah, you went out and did something. You didn't start a Facebook page. I'm so proud right. of you. You didn't say, <laughs> we should be better to ourselves on Twitter. You actually dedicated your, your life and your career to making other women's lives better more peaceful and a better in place to be. I can't, I mean, well, part of it you're is a superhero. As a, as a family doctor, you really see the fallout of what happens when women are having babies that they're not ready to take care of. What is the of. fallout that you've experienced? Well, you know, they're, 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 
just overwhelmed and they're unhappy and their kids are unhappy and they're struggling and you know it doesn't have to be that way they yeah. could they could have finished school and gotten a better job but they got yeah. pregnant when they were too young and you know i see mothers sometimes pushing their kids to have that baby and it's like why do you want yeah. to do that? Yeah. You know, let her make her decision. And and so we do. I mean, we, we say, excuse me, mom. You've, <laughs> you've had great, to before. Great ideas, but I need to touch your <laughs> daughter by herself. Yeah, you got to leave. <laughs> because under other circumstances later in life, that person could grow up to be a wonderful mother. But if you're forced to be a mother is a huge responsibility. It's like yeah. if someone was just like, hey, are you you want to be a lawyer and just throws you in the courtroom? Like there's so much preparation. A mo- being a mother is a job. It's oh, not. Yeah. Yes, you can just life. do it because your body like you know does it but there, there's a lot more mental prep work. and i don't mean to say that all of my teenage moms are bad at it some of no, them are of great not. and some yeah. of them really rise to the occasion I know, and we've, teenage we've, talked, we've interviewed her, yeah. her her friend who was told she couldn't get pregnant i don't know how old she was she 16 mm, pretty young yeah. young and she got pregnant and she was like well what if this is the last and her daughter and her oh she's a great mom yeah yeah but i just think women should have the option you yes know, they of should, course if they it's empowering a, to have be able yeah. to choose yeah yeah and then have the life they want to have that's what really matters yeah and then everyone's happier the mom the baby the world yeah yeah I think, oh, yeah well because you know no one wants a bunch of unhappy people walking around who weren't treated right that's bad for yeah. everybody yeah that's uh, that's a lose-lose <laughs> Um, any well, websites? Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thank you so much. Any website, any other helpful resources well, you can we put out have, there? Yeah, sorry, I should have told you. So yeah. um, we have patient, what we call patient education materials that doctors can access, but women can access them too, and Perfect. it's called the Reproductive Health Access Project. Great. And it's reproductiveaccess.org. Reproductiveaccess.org. So see all about what our organization does there. Oh, good, good. Excellent. And support it. Yes, please. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank so much for sitting down with us. Bye. You are amazing. Uh, this has been Guys We Fuck the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Okay.